Okay, good evening, everyone. We are up to Simon Peches. So those that learn through the entire Basa B'chalav, you'll notice that Simon Peches and Simon Peites are the uh, easier easier ones to go through. They are, you know, standard sugyas of halacha. And those that take a smicha test, they, uh, they they hope that they're getting questions on Simon Peches, Simon Peites. First of all, it's a simpler uh, and clear halacha. And these are the things that come up all the time. Simon Peches deals with separating between meat, meat and milk. How, uh, you know, when you're eating it on the same table, someone's eating fleshik, someone's eating milchiks, and Simon Peites deals with waiting six hours or some amount of time between fleshiks and milchiks. So let's jump right in to the uh, to the sugya. The sugya is, is found in the Mishnah in Chulun. The Mishnah says, Kol basar, all meat, uh, You're not allowed to, lahalis literally means to raise up, you cannot bring it to the table if there is cheese on the table. All meat, including uh, basar aif and basar behema, all meat one cannot bring on the table when there's cheese on the table. Now, we've learned uh, that the only time there's an iser of basar b'chalav on a, a raisa level is if milk and meat are cooked together. Here, the milk and meat are not, even, not being cooked together. They're not even touching each other. Still, one is not allowed to put milk and meat on the same table. And the Shulchan Aruch begins, even if it's not Basar Behema, so it's two Durabanans, right? It's not even Basar Behema, it's Basar Chayev One is not allowed to have it on the same table that they are eating uh, cheese on. Why? So there's two reasons brought down in the Rishonim. One reason is found in Rashi. Rashi says that we are concerned that they might touch each other. If the milk and meat touch each other, you have a problem of basa b'chalav, albeit on a derabanan, but you still have a problem. The Rambam and the Ran say, as quoted in the Shulchan Aruch, the concern is you might end up eating it together. Not that they might touch each other, it's that you might end up eating it together. Now one could argue it's technically the same issue. We don't care if basar touches chalav, we care if you eat basar that touch chalav. It should be the same. But that is the way the Rambam learns it, and that's the Shulchan Aruch. This is a direct quote from the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, The table that you're simply doing prep work on, you can put one next to the other. So let's go through this slowly. Rashi says the reason, the, the problem is, it might touch each other. The Ram and the Rambam say the problem is that you might end up eating it together. Now the Gemara asks, isn't this Xero Xero? We know, only if basar is cooked with chalav do we have an isa deraisa. Here, it's not being cooked together. So at worst, it would only be cold, cold milk and cold meat. And not only that, you're telling me I can't even bring it on the same table because maybe it might be eaten together or it might touch each other. Isn't that exerol exerol in the Gemara says? There's a, there's a few teruts in the Gemara. Uh, one of the Gemara says, yes, and the Ramam says, this is uh, an example where the Gemara does say, uh, it's one big zera. We don't want people to eat uh, a basar b'chalav. The Rashash points out the following, and this will shed light on some of the some of the questions that we're going to discuss. One question would be: Let's say you have a baby bottle on the same table, uh, and that baby bottle has milk, either formula which is made from cow's milk or regular milk. So the question is: Can you have that on the same table? That's question number one. We'll talk about uh, other products. So the Rishash says, if you look in the Mishnah, the Mishnah doesn't say basar b'chalav, which would be the normal way to describe basar b'chalav. What does it say? It says, with cheese. 
And Rashi says the concern is it might touch each other. So this is a classic Rashash. If we go through Rashash and Shas, he's medayik in many of the words that he very specific, he zones in on a specific term the Gemara uses. So here the Mishnah said cheese. Rashi said we're concerned it might touch each other. So he says the only problem is cheese because cheese could be put straight on the table and that would end up touching meat. But if something like milk, which is fluid, needs to be in a keli, that keli itself would help with, would work as a buffer. And there's no concern, according to Rashi, that the milk would touch the meat because you have a glass, you have a container. And the Rashash says the whole concern is, is cheese and, and meat. However, if you look in the, the Achronim, they say we do not paskin like the Rashash. First of all, who said Rashi holds like this? Rashi just said the concern is it might touch each other and you and maybe you might eat it together. That might be the second part of it. And either way, the Shochanar quotes the Rambam and the Ran that the main concern is Shalo Yahweh la Achlam Yachad. You might not you, you might end up eating it together, and therefore, even if it's in a Kaili, it does not make a difference. But that is just an important uh diuk of the Rashash, and we'll keep it in mind and we'll use it as a tziruf when we discuss some of the halachalamaisa. Okay, so seems like a straightforward halacha. You can't have milk and meat on the same table. The concern is that you might end up eating it together, or another concern would be that it might touch each other. Now, the... You're saying it would be a marasayin that someone might, uh, someone might think you're eating it together. That's, that's, that's a stretch, because I'm not eating it together. It's just on the same table. Um... So I don't think that would be a marasayin, but it's a, it's a good it's a good thing to consider. Why is it not a marasayin? But let's assume there is no marasayin, and no, none of none of the nice Kalim bring that down, but it's something to consider. Um, no, because someone someone looks at my plate and they see that I'm eating milk and meat, right? They see I have. I have a steak and some garlic butter looking thing. So if I have the container that says OU power of margarine on the table, so then that takes me out of Marasayan because they'll say, oh, the mar whatever's on his plate, that's the margarine. But if I'm eating a steak, there's no dairy on my plate. To what? I, I can't hear you, a little louder. No, no, it's not the same thing. Marasayan is when you see someone eating something, see someone doing something that looks like it gives the impression that he's doing something wrong. So if you have some... with the meat. That's the Marasayan, okay? If you don't have the container on, on, on a table. But over here, they're just having it on a table. That's, you're not eating them together. Right, I don't eat everything that's on my table. When I have something in my mouth or in my plate, and you're trying to figure out what I'm eating, so look at the table. You'll figure out that that, that piece of cheese in my burger, that's a part of cheese. Okay, so when I have it all spread on the table... You don't eat I everything can't... spread on the table. What? Why is that my sign? I'm Why? not eating everything Why here. Me? No, not well, you. I'm supposed to know. Whenever, no, when a person comes to the table, if I don't think to identify what it is, they see, a cream, they see a cream on the table. They don't know if it's milk, whatever. 
So don't you have to put it on the table to, to show the people? If you're serving is? it to them, that would be a question of my sign. People are, are about to eat okay. here. The question is here, I'm just sitting down. I have all my shalach manas on the table. The question is, I didn't get rid of it yet. Is there an issue of me eating my my uh, my piece oh, of meat your, when there's uh, uh, iced coffees and all types of things on the table? Okay, that's the halacha. Now, if you look at the end of the Shulchan Aruch, he quotes from the Mishnah. So on the same counter, on your prep counter, or let's say you have a... Let's say you have, you're preparing on, on your table. Halakha is you could have zeb zeh. Now, some people might wonder, one second, in my home, we have separate countertops for milchiks and fleshiks. So is that really necessary? And halakhically, over the, over the course of history, Yidin did not have separate countertops. If one could, of course, that's much better. If you could have two sinks, that's also good, right? Two ovens, two stovetops, two microwaves. You go down the list. Two cars, right? But but halachically, there would be no need to have two separate countertops. Why not? So there's a, a very important yesoid in halacha, which we're going to see often throughout uh, Yeridea, and that is ein kli, ein bliya. A bliya does not travel mikli l'kli from one keli to another keli, beloid right without a liquid medium. So let's say you had... We'll give an example. You have you have a stovetop and you have two pots cooking simultaneously. You're making a fleshik soup and a milchik soup. And they slowly close the gap and the pots touch each other. What's that lacha? What do I do? So, as long as there is no uh, pooling of liquid between the two pots, the halacha is ein blia, or blia does not travel me kli le from one keli to another kli belay roitif without a, uh, a medium of liquid. Now, that's on a stovetop. So for sure on a countertop, when you, let's say a person took a pot of hot soup and put that straight down on their granite countertop, there's no hot liquid in between. And even if you spilled, that liquid would be off the fire, it would be a cliche-ny. So, kemat, you can never really trafe up your countertop. That's the halacha. Now, you can't put hot food. If you put a hot pizza directly on the countertop, and keep it the evidence, it'll be fine if your counter wasn't used. But let's say you put a steak uh, five minutes ago on that same spot on the counter, so then the Dievid, you might have a problem. But otherwise, there, there typically is no issue of using a counter for both milchiks and fleshiks. Again, uh, one has to be very careful with open food and spills and make sure the counter is clean. And of course, it's much better to have separate countertops. But halakhically, you see, it's a beferish halakha here that there's no concern of of, uh, of preparing food on the same counter because the only concern here is that you might eat it. That's the Pesach of the Shulchan Aruch. And as long as I'm just prepping, I'm not eating, there is no concern of them getting mixed in together. Of course, we're more machmer than this, but that's the Pesach of Shulchan Aruch. So just think about when it comes to kashering countertops for Pesach, I said I'll mention this. So there are many people that have chumras regarding countertops. For example, there's a discussion in the Paiskim if plastic could be kashered. So in the kosherous world, uh, we all kosher plastic, and uh, that's that's the uh, accepted psak in the uh, in, in the in the world of kosherous that we kosher plastic. But there are those that argue and say one should not kosher plastic, and because of that, they won't kosher different uh, materials or countertops made of different material, either you know formica, or some will go so far they won't kosher granite. It, because granite might have a sealant or it does have a sealant that might have some plastic in it. You'll see all types of practices and chumras. So I just want to point out that in reality, we're dealing with uh, 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 a shayla that's not really chametz because how exactly are going to, how would you have chametz 
going into your countertops. You would need to have a very hot piece of, you'd have a hot pizza that would put directly on the counter. Most people don't do that. Most people use pots and pans. And unless you have a liquid medium that's hot, that's not a cliche, you're never going to have a blia of chametz in your countertops. And therefore, I would say once you rely on the basic koshering of doing eroy of pouring hot water over it, even if you don't want to kosher plastic, in this case, in this scenario, uh, you could get away with uh, koshering plastic because there's so many reasons why you wouldn't really have an issue of koshering your, of, of, of countertops on, on Pesach. And you want to be a little extra careful, so just don't put any hot food directly on your on your countertops. I tell people that stay home, but they're really eating out all their meals, and they don't want to do a full thorough koshering of their kitchen. So just just uh, make sure the countertops are clean. But whatever's near the fire, you're gonna make an, you're gonna fry some eggs in the morning. So I'll put a piece of foil down on the counter, and you'll put everything on that, and you don't have to you know be busy koshering koshering your counters. Okay. So let's discuss a few things here in Sifalaf. Number one is we're going to see in Sif Bays that there might be uh, a hetter when you have, uh, you know, some type of hacker. But let's discuss a few things. Number one, let's say you are not cooking. You're simply prepping. So the Shulchan Aruch says, as long as it's Shesoyder Lavatavshul, there's no problem. Mutter litein zeh, betzad zeh. The Achorinim point out that's only if you're really not eating. But let's say you're preparing and and you're eating at the same time. I remember once, uh, as as a child, we were parked uh, parked on Coney Island Avenue somewhere, and we were just looking inside a restaurant or bakery, which I don't think is open anymore. Just looking inside, and people were eating the entire time as they're preparing uh, people's sandwiches or whatever. So, in that situation, then you are eating. That is your shulchan that you're eating, and if you're munching on on the food, so you cannot have milchiks and flashiks on the counter at the same time. Uh, th- that would that would be a uh, that would be an issue. The um, the Shach here discusses the question of Shari Surim, other Surim. Here we're dealing with Basar and Chava. So one could argue that it makes sense to have uh, to have this this uh, Gzeira, this uh, Harchaka, to not have milk and meat on the same table while eating because your milk is Chalav Yisrael, Mahadrin, it's 100% kosher, and your meat is kosher. And, and honestly, depending on the time of day, both of these things are edible in your eyes. But let's say you're sitting on a table and someone's eating treif, non-kosher. You have a co-worker or you have a, you know, you're, you're in, a, in a college and you have a cafeteria and someone's eating treif, non-kosher food right next to you. Do I need some type of hecker? Do I need a placemat? Or can I say that I would never eat his food? His food is, is chazer treif, literally. I'm eating kosher. There'll be no concern that I'm going to, to eat his food. So, if you look at halacha, we find another place where we're machmer on this, and that is by chametz on Pesach. The halacha is, and we're more machmer. We say you can't even eat on the same table. We're going to discuss in Sif Beis that usually you have a heter of a hacker, which means if you have a placemat, you have your uh, your red placemat or your red tray in your yeshiva that indicates it's fleshik. You can eat next to someone who has that blue tray. That works. By chametz, it does not work. So two things we see from there. Number one, we're more machmir by chametz, and number two, even though it's uh it's it's not basar or chalav, it's iser mamish has a chiv karis on it. Still, we are machmir. But one could argue, and the shach brings this whole thing down. If you want to see the shach inside, in uh, sifkat and beis, he goes through this whole discussion. He says, well, chametz we eat all year round. You eat uh, eat bread all year round, 
And therefore, like Bedili in shape, people forget. You forget, you know, this is 100% kosher, pasta is bread. Yesterday, Erev Pesach, you're able to eat it. So, of course, there's a concern that you might end up eating this bread. Additionally, by chametz, we're, we are concerned for even a small mashu, even a, a crumb of chametz that would come into your come into your food. So, therefore, a hacker doesn't work. You have to be totally separate from, from that person. So, it comes up. Let's say a person is traveling on Pesach, and you're sitting on an airplane, and the fellow sitting next to you is eating chametz. Halachically, you would not, again, you should not eat at the same time. There is a concern that, uh, again, it depends how close you are. If you're sitting in a delta comfort, maybe you have a few more inches. But if you're sitting, uh, you're sitting economy, it could get a little tight there. So perhaps there will be this chumrah uh, of the shach that one should not eat at the same time this fellow is eating uh, eating chametz next to you. You can imagine there are crumbs all over the place. Uh, it might get into your food. There's an interesting question uh, Rabbi Ryzen always always asks in Shir, and he says that let's say you're by a uh, you buy a Yankee game. I don't know if he says this anymore, you know. But back in the day when everyone used to go to baseball games. And it was allowed. So he said, let's say you're by a, a Yankee game on Chalamoid, and the fellow next to you, uh, he wants a hot dog, and he signals to the guy, $11 for his hot dog, and now they pass it down. Are you allowed to pass down the hot dog? So what's the Shiloh? I'm not eating it, but there's a halacha in Chametz that the only time, if, if you learned, if you learned Pesachim recently, halacha is, let's say you find Chametz on Pesach. So on Yantif, you're not allowed to burn it on Yantif. It's it will be a, a malacha. So you You have to put a keli on top of it. If it's on Cholamaid, you're allowed to, you have to burn it. You burn chametz. Tashbisu. Now the Gemara asks, how are you allowed to burn chametz on Cholamaid? You might end up eating it. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? You're going to burn it. There's no concern you're now going to eat it. But it sounds like, and this is born on all the if you're not burning it, you're not getting rid of the chametz, there is a con- there's an inherent concern that you might eat it. And therefore, one is not allowed to handle chametz on Pesach. Let's say you find chametz, you find, find chametz bread in the street, and you're worried, you know, the Zion of, of Lechem. So there's two issues there. There it's Hefker. You might be kind of it. So the price can say not to touch it. But... Um, but there's also an issue of handling chametz on Pesach. So the question is, are you allowed to handle the hot dog and pass it down? So from the shach over here, one could perhaps say the following heter. The chametz bread has a hot dog in it. That hot dog is trait. It's not kosher. They're not serving meal mart hot dogs there. And therefore, since that is 100% treif, then bedila in shemine, a person knows I'm not, I'm not allowed to eat treif on, on, uh, all year round. So there's no extra chumrah of, cham, of chametz. And therefore, halakhali, there would be no issue if the hot dog was actually in the bun, not a separate bun, if it was in the bun, and it's it's a chazer treif, so then you would be allowed to pass it. However, if uh, if the fellow ordered a Coors Light, a beer, so beer is kosher, beer is kosher, and if you if go, th- you go through the mishabur, it sounds like one would not be able to pass down that beer. Um, I guess... If, if you get into a situation that is going to cause Eva or Chil Hashem, so then, of course, you can invoke, uh, well, you know, Eva and Chil Hashem and but a person should avoid. You should avoid passing down a uh, open beer or a, uh, or a soft pretzel, something that would be uh, kosher, perhaps. That would be that would be a, a problem on on Pesach. So, from this side of the Shach, that if it's treif, there's no, there's no, there's no problem of eating on the same table, and again, I'm, I'm using this for chametz, if you had a treif hot dog in the bun, there would be no issue. But the shach has a chumrah, and he says, if the only thing that's treif is bread, let's say you had a non-kosher bread, you went to uh, Amish town, Pennsylvania, they put lard in the bread, 
So there, since people are so accustomed to eating bread, they're not going to think straight. They'll assume the bread is kosher, and therefore we have this concern. So the uh, the place can write that you only eat bread with hashkacha, and therefore, and bread is not the staple of the meal. So we're, we're not we're not concerned for that. So halacha just a few things we, we mentioned here, just to summarize. Number one. When it comes to basa v'chalav, there's definitely an iser. The, the Mishnah says, one is not allowed to eat on the same table. You cannot eat meat while someone else is eating uh, givina. When it comes to treif, non-kosher, so non-kosher hot dogs, non-kosher meat, all those things, there's no problem of eating it together, because uh, eating it uh, with someone else or it's on the same table. There's no concern because b'dili inshi, chazal don't have to make gezeras when there's no concern that I'm going to eat it. However, by chametz, there is a concern because that's kosher all year round. And the Shah has a chumrah that even non-kosher bread, if it's just the bread alone, since people are accustomed to eating bread, you're going to eat it by mistake. And therefore, you cannot sit on the same table uh, in the cafeteria as someone who's eating non-kosher bread. But once there's hot dogs and cheese in there and all types of things, so even the Shah would agree that that is fine. Okay. Let's see Sif Beis, and we'll get to some of the other uh, some of the other uh, practical questions that come up. Sif Beis, had the aser lahaloyse ala shulchan. This that we said is aser to bring it on the same table. Dafka b'shnei b'nei adam hamakirim zazeh. Only when two people that know each other. Afilu heim makpidim zazeh. Even if they're makpid, they're not exactly on talking terms right now, but they know each other. So there's there's it's like there's a comfort level here that they would. Take some French fries, but right, even though right now they're not on good terms, still they're not allowed to eat together. Abel two people on the Gemara. The Gemara says one person came from the south, one from the north. They don't recognize each other. They happen to be in the in the hotel or at the cafeteria together, but they don't know each other. So then, mutter, they're allowed to sit on the same table. One's eating his fleshiks, one's eating his milchiks. There's no concern because you're not going to go take some French fries from this other fellow because that is socially off. You don't know who he is, and therefore it's mutter. Now, va'afilu hamakirim. Now, let's say you do know each other. So, an asu shum hacker. If you put, if you make a hacker, you take. Uh, we'll see what a hacker is. Some type of sign. The classic one is your blue and red uh, trays. Everyone eats on his own uh, tablecloth or table. Or if they're eating on one table or tablecloth, they take a loaf of bread that they're not eating from and they put it on the table as a hacker or a tissue box. We all know these halachas from Hilchas Nida. The rush equates the two in the Shabbos that when a woman's in Nida and Interestingly, when there's no one else around, that that's a Hilchas Nida question. So then, a husband and wife, they would have to have a hacker. So anything that's not typically found on the table, that would work. So the joke always is that when it comes to Basa B'chalav, in a, in a yeshiva guy's dira, nothing would work as a hacker because everything belongs on the table, right? There's shoes, toasters, anything could go on the table. So you have to get creative. What exactly, uh, maybe clean it. Then, uh, then it would work as a hacker. But you need some type of reminder not to, not to uh, dig into... This fellow's, you know, cheesy fries and I'm eating fleshics. So you need some type of hacker. Again, the classic hackerim are, are uh, placemats. That works. The shulchan has mashmaf. It's two different mapways, two different tablecloths. That's fine. The place can say on an airplane, if you have two different uh, tables, you have two different trays, that would also work because it's two different tables. Uh, that would work as well. Now, the Ramah says, uh, If you're eating from the bread that's in between them, that doesn't work. 
It's on the table. It's not going to work. Let's say they took a, a big bottle of soda. They put it on the table. And in this home, it was a fancy uh, hall, a fancy home. They don't put bottles of water, you know, a two-gallon bottle of, you know, jug of water on the table. It has to be put in a glass uh, decanter. So Javi Hecker, by putting that big jug on the table, that would be a Hecker. Even though they are drinking from that. You put a lamp. Those things would all be considered a Hecker. So the point is to put some type of reminder not to uh, not to eat from the other from the other item. The place can discuss what if you're eating alone? Uh, does a hacker work? So some want to say that no, a hacker doesn't work. A hacker only works with coupled with the fact that this other fellow here could remind you. So you have two things working in your favor. Number one, there's a hacker to remind me. And number two, he this other fellow there will remind. But if I'm eating alone and I have all my groceries on the table, perhaps that would be that, that would be a concern. The Chachma Southern is Mekel, and a person who wants to rely on it, you could you could rely that a hacker would work. The Paiskin discussed closed packaging, sealed packaging. So I know of Chaim Pinchas Scheinberg, Zatzal, and other Paiskin were Mekel, that if something is sealed, that's not considered ready to eat. Um, especially, let's say, you have your Shalachmanos, and you have your, you, you unpack the groceries and you put it on the table. So that wouldn't be an issue because you're a step removed. It's not considered, it's, it's more of a prep versus being served now on the table, that would be that would be a heter. Uh, an example, just an interesting example that, that would come up is, is the following. So in one of the shirim we discussed a, uh, a heter to add non-dairy creamer. Now again, non-dairy creamer that's parv. Of course, you could put that in your coffee after being you know while you're fleshik. There was a special heter that we said from Ravelski that's out, and that is let's say you have a non-dairy creamer that has less than two percent of sodium caseinate. So you're um, one of those is called um, International Delight. They make a product that has that. They call it non-dairy, but it's really it has two percent uh, sodium caseinate, which we learned casein is a protein, is one of the proteins in milk. So the question was, is that a problem to add it to your coffee when uh, when you're fleshik? So we we said after that the only time this bitlus lechatchila is when you're actually putting milk into meat or there's a chumrah, perhaps, when you put milk into a, another beverage that you're going to eat it with meat. But if you're simply fleshik, there's no problem of bitl isr lechatchila. And since the final product, the milk, is bottle in your coffee, so Ravelski held, if you're fleshik and you want a coffee, again, no meat in your mouth anymore, you'd be able to drink uh, a coffee that had some creamer of this non-dairy international delight creamer mixed in. But what we're learning today is that you cannot have it on the table. Because that product is milchik. What do you mean it's milchik? So people always, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a risky uh, thing that I just said. Because I will get calls from people that say, oh, you just said international delight is parv. So it's not parv. If you took meat and international delight and you cook it together, you've just violated bishul basr b'chalav. It's milk. You're not even allowed to have it on the table during your Shabbos suda. There's a special hetter, which again, we put ourselves at risk for saying this, but that's kachi darka shaltaira, that if you're fleshik and you want to know, is that called bittel isr lechatchila, because the final product is bittel, we're saying it's mutter. But to keep it on the table would be a problem of uh, of having halas agvina on a shulchan that you're eating meat. Another classic shaila is regarding having a baby bottle 
that is milking it. So we said we'll talk about it. So first of all, you have the Rishash. The Rishash said that if it's in a Kali, it's not a problem. We don't really rely on it. But Lamaisa, most Paiskim are Makel. They say it's fine. Why is that? So if it's formula, I don't think anybody drinks formula. So therefore, that would be a Hetter. But even if it's milk, I mean, you have to be really desperate to open a baby bottle and, and you know, add some milk to your coffee. I guess you ran out of creamer. I don't know. It will be very uh, odd. And therefore, the price can say, unless you've ever done that in your life where you uh, you took the milk. So then we would say we would say there uh, there would be no problem of a baby bottle or a sippy cup. All those things, that itself is a hacker. That's a hacker not to touch it. It's not for you. And therefore, um, that works as a hacker. Just to go back, so we spoke about... And if you look at Halacha, the, the Gemara says it's really a light plug. That once you have people that you know, that you're accustomed to eating together with, so then even if right now you're in a dispute, we're still concerned you might eat. Either we're still concerned, maybe, uh, the, you know, together, some french fries will actually make peace. But really, the Gemara says it's just a, it's a light plug. That once you know each other and you would feel comfortable in a normal situation to eat from this fellow, one is not allowed to, one is, one is not allowed to, uh, one is not allowed to consume, uh, one is not allowed to eat without a hecker. You need a proper hecker in between, in between you and, and your friend. Another hector brought down is, let's say you're distant, so this is a, it's a yeshiva dining room or the like, where you sit far away from each other that you're not able to, to access their food without getting out of your seat. That itself is a hacker, and that would work. One more lambdasha question Rabbi Kivager discusses, does a shoimer help? Let's say you, uh, you're going out to eat with someone or whatever, you're eating at home, and you tell someone, hey, you come here, stand here. We don't have any uh, hacker. You stand there and make sure uh, I don't eat from this, uh, from this challah. Does that work? So the place can say it really depends how you learn the sugya and simon reish ayin hey hilchas shabbos. If you recall, there's a the gemara says a person is not allowed not allowed to read la haner. You're not allowed to read uh, by candlelight shema yate. You might uh, tilt the uh, oil. There, the the shochanar says if two people are reading from the same thing together, it works. They'll remind each other as one will stop. Sounds like if they're not reading together, two different things. They're not going to remind each other. So on one hand, you see that that uh, psak that that a, a fellow doesn't help. On the other hand, the mishabura is mashman that if a person was appointed, you just sit here and watch. Don't do anything else. Just sit here and watch. Be a shimer. That would work. So uh, halakhali, if a person has no other choice, I mean, it, it really, it's very simple to get to use a hacker. Put a paper towel, make a funny shape, do something. You have to be, you know, it, it's hard not to be able to make a hacker. But if you have no choice, so then. Asking uh, asking someone to be a shimer, one could rely on that, on that mishabura and other paiskim, that 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 would work. Okay, okay, there are a few other you know shavas that come up. You have raw meat or things that are not edible. Let's say uh, so, even if someone's allergic to food, the paiskim say perhaps that would be a that, that itself would be a heck where that person would never eat it. So there are many uh, many other shavas that come up, but I think we got the basic aside that. On one hand, there's a, there's a, the Mishnah says one is not allowed to eat on the same table as, as someone else is eating chalav. Can he bust her when he's eating chalav? But we have many a terim of a hacker or shtei shulchanos, or you would never access this food. And those are those are what people rely on. Let's just finish the Ramah, and we'll close the shir. The Ramah, at the end, once he mentions cups and uh, beverages on the table, he says a few things, which we'll revisit at the end of Simon Petas. And he says, One should not drink from the same uh, keli, 
let's say you have two people sitting by the table, one's uh, eating fleishiks, one's eating milchiks, don't drink from the same uh, slurpee, the food will, will attach itself to the keli or to the straw. The should not eat from the same bread. Not only that, we're going to see in the next simon that you're not allowed to have leftover bread from a fleishik suda for a milchik suda. We'll talk about the minog to have two chalas and shvuas, the famous rumah and hilchas uh, at the end of hilchas pesach, hilchas firah. You should have a kli of salt for fleshik and for melchik. Why? So let's read. So he's obviously only talking about a, a dish where you dip it in. So you have a dish or you have a product that, that people dip in. So then you would say you need to have two different ones. But let's say you have salt shakers. So halachically you wouldn't need to have two different uh, salt shakers. People ask about ketchup. Uh, or mustard, or all those. Uh, so depends. If you have uh, kids that dip the dip the ketchup into the meatballs, so then you should have separate ones. I remember in camp, as a waiter in camp, of course your goal is to make sure all the kids have what to eat. But really, your goal is to get tips. That's the goal of a waiter in camp. How do you get ensure you get tips? So make sure that your the kids in the in the bunk they are taken care of. So let's say you run out of ketchup. That's it happens. They run out of ketchup. So what do you do? You go to the milchik side of the kitchen by the fleshik, you know, by the fleshik meal. You take off the red sticker, you put on a blue one, and now you just found ketchup. So officially, the camps were mocked on it, but uh, as an ex- as an experienced waiter, um, those uh, those ketchups were all over the place. So again, depending on how it's used in one's home, uh, one should think about considering having two different types of ketchup. The one time I would say that there might be some uh, some benefit would be, let's say you have salt um salt or pepper that you put into into soup so depending on the chef if you if you uh measure it out so then it's the steam of that soup is never going to go up but let's say you you, you dip it you you stick it in uh, and it's very hot so there would be room to be machmer but there would never really be a, a serious question of halacha for a few reasons number one um the steam is usually not not yatsaledis by, especially if your hand is there, so it's usually not that hot. And any small amount that would get there would be bottle. But if you're a chef, if you're cooking, it's best to, to do a, a high pour with your garlic powder on your soup uh, instead of doing it very close uh, to the steam. Okay, so next week we will we will begin simon pay test. Okay, quick question.